Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So I read almost three books over the weekend. Three? Three. (laughs) I uh, decided it was time to go change my library what do you call it library location library location sure like the actual branch you go to yeah Yeah. so i changed what branch because of our address change but we've been in our new house for a year but i just never like updated it Mm. and i was like okay i'm gonna switch it and i'm gonna try going to the library because i was committed to at least attempt to try to figure out outside of business books Mm -hmm what do I enjoy reading? Mm -hmm. And like, what does that look like? And so to the advice of several other people I know that have similarly struggled with, they loved reading as a kid. And then some teacher along the way burnt them out because they were given to either high level or something they were interested in. And it just made them not enjoy reading anymore. Well, the problem with advanced readers is that if you were high level, they just gave you really boring books. Yes. <laughs> You're like, this is actually not enjoyable thing. It's not enjoyable. So I didn't enjoy it. And it wasn't necessarily subjects I was interested in. So I spent years just not reading. And this year has been a whole new thing. I passed 10 books so far this year, which nice. is like the most in a year, literally probably since fifth grade. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. I wish I was joking, but like, truly, I was just so burnt out mm-hmm. on it. Um, but to the advice of several other people, I decided the first book that wasn't going to be business, I went to like the young adult section yes. to find something that was like an easy read, but just not is where it's at. <laughs> yeah, just not hard. So I read, what was it called? It was essentially a meet cute and a ride share. And then oh. they fell in love at... Yellowpalooza. <laughs> but it was kind of racy there in the Ooh, middle. Like, my favorite oh, interesting. What's it called? The Pickup. The Pickup. Because they picked them yeah. up in the right mm-hmm. anyway. LOL. 
<laughs> it was cute. It was a good first dip my toe in. Yeah. And my second book was an adult fiction. And I started reading The Landline. Okay. And it's way more complicated plot. So I've had to really like discern, okay, are we jumping back in the past? Is she imagining mm-hmm. this part? Mm-hmm. Is this the current plot line and reality? And so there's a lot of, it's jumping out around a lot more. So I, I think I will probably go back to YA just for a little bit mm-hmm. until I feel more confident because I really have had to pause and like, wait, who is this character again? And how are they intertwined in the story? And yeah. Is this current? Like, I've just had to do a lot more thinking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the whole point is I don't want to think mm-hmm. quite so hard. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. But I did pick up a couple, because since I was flying through them so fast, I did pick up a couple that were on Reese Witherspoon's, like, previous book club books. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. I think I'm up to 15 books so far. I finished two in Mexico. I literally finished one on the first day. That's how quickly I breezed through it. It was a shorter book. That one was Somebody's Daughter. It's a memoir. I got that one through my Book of the Month Club. And then I also read Rock, Paper, Scissors. I finished that one like the day after we got back. It was phenomenal. It's so good. It's a thriller. I finished an audio book on the way to Oklahoma City. It was just like a six-hour book, so it was super easy to breeze through. Started another audio book on my way, but those are romance books, so those are shorter anyways. And then I need to pick my June book of the month club for my little shipment that I get. I have one more that I haven't, it's a summer. I don't generally do like love stories or summer beach reads is kind of what they're considered summer reads. There's generally not my favorite, but I went out on a limb and got this one. It's part of your world. And I've seen it just like highlighted on a lot of bookshelves in bookstores. And so hopefully it's really good. I haven't started it yet though. Maybe I'll start it. my Current strategy at the library is I do judge books by their cover very heavily, actually. And I have, I would say, like modern taste, if that Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that weeds out 80, 90 percent of the shelf anyway. And then, okay, I'm like, oh, no, I like the cover. So then I read the headline. Mm -hmm. If I like the headline, then I will read the inside flap or the back, depending on where the synopsis is. I judge books the same way I judge movie trailers. I will only watch the trailer or read the synopsis far enough to tell that I'm interested or not. And then I will immediately stop. Yep. Yep. I'm the same way. And I can judge pretty quickly. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, this has too many triggers (laughs) or this is a little too dark or whatever. And it's worked so far. I'll, I'll see how quickly I'm like, there's nothing in this library. Yeah. <laughs> this one is really part of your world is funny. It's just like, it's a rom-com in a book. The female lead is a big city physician and Daniel's a small town carpenter slash innkeeper slash mayor who tows her out of a ditch. And so maybe they fall in love. Maybe they don't. <laughs> oh, the current one I'm reading the landline is about the female lead is the breadwinner. She's a comedic like TV writer and her spouse used to draw comics and now is a stay-at-home dad and they're in this tiff around Christmas time basically with, you know, conflicting things. She's career focused, mm-hmm. he's family focused mm-hmm. and 
it'll be interesting. Will they stay together? Will they fall deeply in love by the end of the story? More deeply in love? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I think I have one. I'm finishing another workbook right now. I'm just in the last sections, like split up into three sections. And I have just the last section left. And then I have, I think, two more workbooks on my list. And then at least two, maybe three, just for fun books that are still on my bookshelf that I need to read. So I'm trying to stay caught up because I told myself, I let myself like sign up for book of the month. And I was like, okay, I'll get one book like a month through this club. And last month I ordered three. (laughs) I already finished two of them though. So like, I'm not like letting them pile up too much, but I need to read the third one so I can like stay caught up. It's important. Mm -hmm. I feel you. Mm -hmm. When someone was talking about, you know, when you build like bookshelves in your house, like library shelves or whatever, which is what I really want. And how a lot of people will buy like cheap filler books for like the top couple shelves because you can't reach them anyways, or just like filler books from like the thrift store. And I'm like, I don't have room for filler books. I need more bookshelves for the books that I own. (laughs) So no filler books in this house. (laughs) I can't decide how I'm going to handle my library rotation because I feel like everything in my house has a place. Mm But if I'm actively reading it or like it's actively checked out, I don't want to like put it in a drawer on a shelf because I don't want it to get like mixed in with our things. Yeah. No, I have like an actively reading shelf, just one specific spot on our bookshelves in our living room because it's easily accessible. And then everything else that is read is either styled somewhere or it's on our bookshelves. I don't know. I haven't figured it out. It's too early. We'll see. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Well, I'll be curious to see what you come up with. And curiosity is the theme of today's episode. So we wanted to bring a little taste of what we've been chatting about with our clients inside the incubator. And this is a small little snippet, a little talk it out portion of one of our favorite trainings that we've done with our clients. We have gotten the most feedback on this training. And I think it touches people in different ways for depending on where they're at and what they need in the moment. And so we wanted to bring a piece of the conversation with you, but also kind of talk you out, like, what are the actionable ways that we actually implement this strategy within our company and within our team? So if you're in a similar situation, you can start to embody those, do them, implement them if it feels right for you. So what are we talking about today? Yeah. So we're going to be talking about how to develop an experimental mindset and really fostering that amongst yourself and your team. Now, I think before we can dive into what it is and how it works, I think it's important to think about how this came about. Mm -hmm. And for Emily and I both, I think there's this constant pull and push that comes with mixing you know, the feeling side of yourself, the intuitive side of yourself with the analytical facts and the almost like the scientific view Mm -hmm. on your business, what's working, what's not. And we both have always approached it in a slightly different way because that's just how we're hardwired as people. I think part of it comes up from the actual nature of how we were raised. Both my parents are engineers. Like they both think very well when they're in a healthy state, think very logically and dissect things in that way. And 
you know, I feel like when Emily talks about her childhood, you talk about your mom just being intuitive and, you know, she's always been into more woo things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's allowed you to be in touch with a different side of yourself. Well, and I think being raised by people who like were confident in themselves that they would do anything to figure it out. So they would basically try anything to figure it out. They weren't afraid of doing the work or trying because at the end they knew they needed to figure it out and make it work. And that, I think that part of it fosters the like, well, let's just try it and see. (laughs) Yeah. And so I, you know, I think about when you're in school and you know, they're talking to you about the scientific method and they're like, you need a hypothesis and then you need to like control things and move forward. But in the same way, what I get frustrated with is I see so many business owners who are just stewing in the planning and research phase that they never really get information that allows them to move one direction or another. Well, and what I see, because yes, that's a huge part of it. What I see and what I don't think I was prepared to see when we were working, started working with a level of clients that we work with inside the incubator is that there are people who've gotten themselves really far. And then like something happens that's not necessarily the exact way that they thought it would happen or the goal got pushed back a little bit or the goal changed. And they are so hung up in the mental headspace of like, I failed. I didn't do that right. This isn't going right. It isn't working. And how Mm -hmm. many times we've had to sit with our clients and be like, okay, let's just talk about the facts for a second. What actually happened? What's actually working? What are the actual results of this thing over here? Oh, this provides a completely different perspective than the story you were telling yourself. Right. And so what's actually the root issue here. And so that's honestly, those two pieces are what led us to create this specific training to talk about with our clients of how everything in your business is evolving, including your goals, the work that it takes to get there, the journey of how it looks to get there, the headspace that you need to be in, in order to get there and everything in between. And we can say all day long that business isn't linear and reaching your goal isn't linear, but until you're living that and have to evolve yourself, you don't really understand what that feels like. Yeah. I think we gave ourselves a timeline, most of us, Mm -hmm. and we started like working towards the thing and we may have reached challenges along the way. And you, in your younger years, knew that you would have to kind of pivot or change course and you just auto-corrected, but you still had the same kind of path you were following. I think the interesting thing when I see people hit mid-30s and up, they've checked most of their life boxes. Now they could technically do anything Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's no like precedent for this is how it has to look. And because they're not following some guide map that someone defined for them in childhood, they're confused about what they want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, then they may make a decision about what they want or think about what they want and move towards something. And in the moment something doesn't work, they clam up, like you're saying, and they're like, they forget that they've spent years fostering this idea of just like pivoting just a little bit or maneuvering just a little bit to change course. And instead, I see the pattern I see more often is when they meet those challenges, one of two things happens. They feel like they failed. And so then it completely derails their mindset. And then they really struggle to get moving again. Or they do succeed. And all of a sudden, it's not a challenge anymore. (laughs) 
And so then they're searching for new challenges. Mm -hmm. And instead of perfecting and continuing to scale what's already working, they're deciding it's not hard enough. And so they're literally breaking things that are effective. And it is really hard to watch. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so instead, we want to kind of arm you with some thoughts and ideas around how can you practice being experimental in a way that like decreases the that feeling of failure mm-hmm. around information yeah. and also gives you guidance for how can you incrementally move towards something that may feel like a really big goal mm-hmm. or audacious thing you're moving towards yeah so i want to share with you something that we helped our clients let go of or talked about letting go of inside this training. Mm -hmm. And I want to share it with you too, because I honestly think it has to start here after awareness of like, I don't want to keep doing this. What then do we need to let go before we can then do anything differently? And what we kind of narrowed it down to is, and I want you to kind of like take this as a mantra today is I will let go of the addiction to timeline, urgency, and speed. Because ultimately, that's what this comes down to. It's like what you were talking about. If we're checking all the boxes and we get those things done, and we're then trying to create more boxes for us to check on a timeline that we're creating for ourselves, no one else is creating that. So pressure, self-induced pressure, self-induced speed of just standards and goals that literally don't mean anything because you haven't actually dug deep into why that thing is important to you in the first place. And so if we can let go of the addiction to timeline, urgency, and speed, truly what opens up for you on the other side of that is exponential growth. And it it feels like it's not true. (laughs) I think for me, most of it came down to speed. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't that I couldn't do the thing, right? but I needed to stop forcing this arbitrary timeline that was just self-manufactured completely. And when you continue to tell yourself things have to be a certain way on a certain timeline, then when you don't meet that, then you beat yourself up. Mm -hmm. And when you beat yourself up, you're just constantly starting over. And so I think there was some switch in us where and I don't know if it started with, I think it probably did. I think it started with, you You do have to, before this can ultimately be effective, in my opinion, you have to disassociate the success or failures or wins or losses or income or loss of mm-hmm. revenue. You have to disassociate that from your personal self-worth. Yep. Because if you constantly see the wins in your business as a personal reflection of self, while that can feel good when things are going really great, it's really dangerous when things are going against your favor. And so often what I see is this unrealistic expectation of what business should do over long periods of time. Mm -hmm. Like businesses should always be growing. Businesses should always be profitable. Businesses should always be moving in XYZ direction. And it's just like, It's unrealistic for a business to be profitable every single month. It's unrealistic for a business to make the same amount of money every single month. Mm -hmm. It's unrealistic for you to always be in a season of growth Mm -hmm. personally and financially. And so while it can feel good when it's good, 
if you continue to hold on to that, when it doesn't go the way you're planning, it can feel like a personal attack. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I remember that lesson being learned like in real time of, you know, you start your business and you see a lot of growth your first year, and then you can typically see a lot of growth the second year, even the third year. And we've talked about this, right. Of the unrealistic standards of the pressure to double your business year over year. And I think we get, I know this happens. We get congratulated and rewarded and you should be so proud of yourself for what you create in year one through three, because you start from nothing and you grow it to something that's paying you and maybe even your partner, maybe even a small team of employees or part-time contractors, whatever that may be for you. And everyone is giving you kudos and you maintaining that seems like the opposite of you succeeding. But that is reality of a sustainable business that's here for the long term. And that is something that all of us can be striving for as a goal and that be perfectly good enough. Yeah, I think it's hard when perhaps, you know, you're often misunderstood for being in the business you're in in the first place. Like you you walk into the room at a holiday gathering. Like, what do you do? What do you do? And it's easier when things are always growing and getting bigger because when your business is feeling, I mean, really sustainable, all Mm -hmm. of a sudden it's a lot less entertaining to talk about to, especially outside people that don't understand your industry or exactly what you're doing. And so I just think it creates this unhealthy pressure, but people are in careers for decades and their jobs don't change. Mm -hmm. And we don't necessarily judge people in the same way as we judge small business owners, which is just unfortunate. But I have found that if you can do that disassociation and become less tied to the results one way or the other, Mm -hmm. then you can start to make these decisions weighing both the intuitive side and the factual side. And even still, sometimes facts lie. Like Mm -hmm. numbers can paint a picture. Well, y'all can interpret data to mean whatever you want it to mean. Mm -hmm. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. 
I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Yeah, that I mean, you can definitely make data sing different mm-hmm. praises, just like you do and, with your feelings and the stories mm-hmm. we tell ourselves. You can do the same yeah. thing with data, and I think for years I didn't believe that you could do that with data until it was mm-hmm. like, oh, like literally, we could tell these exact same facts and figures to someone else, and how they would interpret it is this way. Because ultimately, what we're doing is we take what the numbers are telling us and we interpret what that to mean about our business or our decisions or us. And that's the part that's up for interpretation. Yeah. So my goal would be that you don't make all decisions from just facts or from just feelings and you continue to be more and more aware Mm -hmm of confirmation Mm -hmm. bias Mm -hmm. and you really arm yourself with what do you need to know and less of is this telling me the story I want to hear? Right. right. Well, because the decisions and the strategies that we decide to spend our time and energy on in our business, ultimately it's a little art and science to, we need to take both facts and feelings and use them to filter through each other. Like they're filtering in and out of each other. How do I feel about this thing? Does continuing this strategy or this offer, this product or this business or whatever it might be, feel good to me? How does it actually feel? And then what is the data actually telling you? Is it a profitable choice? Could it grow into something? Could it be something that is more sustainable? So there's Mm -hmm. both facts and feelings that need to be really dug into when we're moving forward. And a lot of us live in one or the other innately. And so it's really easy to just linger on that. I'd love for you to share about a time, Emily, when you kind of made the switch from 
acting and making decisions from a place where you felt like you had to make the decision in the moment versus acting and making a decisions from the place of how you want your future self to be? I mean, I think that started to happen in the last couple of years, maybe a year and a half. I think that I do think that 2020 taught us a lot about our priorities and and what we do and don't want to do for the results that we do and we don't want. And I think that those that year and the years that followed have really forced us a lot to really be in check with like, what do I actually want to do to reach the things that I actually want? Like actually getting clear with both the facts and feelings for how you want to be in business. And I think it was that year and the subsequent years that I really lingered more into the feelings, which is kind of crazy when I'm like, I think I'm realizing this as I'm talking about it out loud. I definitely let the sense of urgency and timeline be my guiding light prior to then. And I would basically be in the camp of, I will do anything to reach that goal, no matter what, by the end of this year or by next year, within the next three years or whatever the timeline was. And I think those years really changed a lot of my like, wait, there's, I don't actually get a ribbon for reaching that goal in that timeline. That doesn't actually happen. And we're all just here, like trying to do our best and create a life that we actually love and be rewarded from the work that we do. And so if that's actually my goal, then how does that change my pace? How does it change how quickly I make decisions or feel rushed to make decisions? And then I think it was a little bit of, I got rewarded for taking a pause where we had a big decision coming up and it's, I'm not even thinking about anything specific, but you and I intentionally said, let's not make the decision today. Let's actually just wait. And I don't even think we waited that long. We've talked about this on the show too. We just like waited a couple of days or we took the weekend or whatever it might be. And something happened in that time frame that actually showed us we should make a different decision than the one that we were going to. And we would not have made that decision if we had rushed it. And so I think like getting the proof that that pause was worth it. Yeah. I think with that specifically, it's really easy to give yourself the mindset that, oh, well, I'm second guessing Mm -hmm, myself. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And thus, I'm making the improper decision. And sometimes time allows you to think from a different perspective or create a more long-term approach to how you would go about something. Now, not that I think you should linger necessarily either. Like Mm -mm. It could be the difference of a couple of days, but you don't necessarily always need to know instantly what's right or wrong. And I think part of this goes back to asking yourself, is my future self going to be proud of how I'm acting and making decisions right now? And the reason I pose that question is I think often, especially in the earlier stages of business, people are saying, man, like, why did I hustle so hard? Like, why did I spend so much time on this thing? Or like, I don't necessarily feel like that was worth it. Now, for me, if you asked me about the earlier stages of my business, I would be like, no, it was hard, but I am so thankful oh, yeah. that I went above and beyond mm-hmm. and worked extra hours and put more time and energy into building content because I know now that I am being rewarded for those actions I took and they were just more long-term actions. 
And so I do think it's important to, you don't want to assume one way about acting because it's easy to say, oh, well, I want a life for business and thus I should always be leisurely and taking my time. And sometimes urgency is required. And, and so I think you can have different ways we can really dive into what it looks like to feel in alignment with Mm -hmm. that. And so you don't always have to assume going quickly is bad. If you can instead pose the question, is my future self going to be proud of how I'm currently acting? And sometimes that'll call into question ethics more than it will call into question behavior. Well, because I think that ethically in regards to yourself, like, are you ethically making the choice that's ethically right for you? Like there are so many choices that business me today wouldn't make that I have made in the past because it doesn't feel good to me today. I don't regret having made the choice in the past because it helped build the foundation or it taught me a lesson or whatever. But that's also the art of choosing to have an experimental mindset is there's very, very little chances of an actual mistake really happening. Are there lessons that need to be learned? 100%. Are there things looking back on the years of our business where I'm like, I can pinpoint this thing right here. And I wish that I could go back and say, don't do that. Like make a different choice. But I'm only doing that because I know the lesson now. Would I always like to think about like the lessons that we learn in our years of being a business owner? Aren't you glad you learned it the year you did instead of year five, 10, 15? When it feels like the longer you get in business, there's more responsibility for you as the founder. There's quote unquote more to lose. There's maybe more people that you're impacting. And I like to think of like business Emily one through four of just this like teenager making all these like sometimes reckless choices just because it sounded fun and you could do it. And now we're, we're more mature and it's the filter of just because you can, should you? Right. And so I think in some ways, if you ask yourself, the question now, it's not necessarily to make a judgment on the past. Because in in many ways, I have very few regrets. Would I have made some different decisions with the intel I have now? Yes. But like, I don't regret the path I took, because it did allow me to learn all these other things that wouldn't have been possible if I had taken the first path or whatever. And so I think that's the real key here is when you foster an experimental mindset, nothing is a mistake. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nothing is a mistake. Everything's an experimentation. And so if everything's an experiment and nothing's a mistake, then all you can do is learn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can't regret. You can't fail. And dare I do a callback to one of my favorite episodes of us reclaiming the C word And every decision that you make in your business just has a consequence that you have to then live with. Those consequences can be exponential, exponentially positive, exponentially negative. That Mm -hmm. part doesn't matter. It just is a reality that you will then build because of that decision. And I would rather have the mindset of no matter what choice I make, no matter what the consequences of that choice, I'm confident in myself that I will craft a reality that feels good to me, that supports me, that serves me, 
and you and my team and my creative energy and the people that I want to impact in this world, I am fully untethered from it has to look this way in order for me to feel those feelings. Yeah, I think that is the thing you have to wrap your head around is you're 99% of the time. I was debating on which 90% (laughs) it was up there. Okay, nine out of 10 times or more, you're chasing a feeling, not Uh a tangible reality. And so if you're chasing a feeling, there's a whole hell of a lot of ways you can achieve a feeling Mm -hmm. that are generally not the only timeline or the only way or the only set of decisions that could be made. You can reach a feeling a whole bunch of different ways. And, you know, I think that's so cool because I think part of it is that is why we're all on such different paths. Mm -hmm. Because I think in a lot of ways, we're chasing similar feelings most of the time. We both want to feel contentment. We both want to feel joy at times. We want to have happiness. We want to feel secure. Okay, well, feeling secure, joyful, happy, and content, there's a million and one ways to get there. Yeah. And well, and I remember having a conversation, this is not business related, but maybe even having this conversation with my best friend helped me look at every decision in a different way. It was when we were like at the cusp of, are we going to adopt again or not? And mm-hmm. are we going to go through the process? Cause it's actually more difficult than ever these days to do that. And it was going to take a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of energy, a lot of emotional time. Yeah. And I I just didn't know if I had any more to give. And we had already done a lot of the work and a lot of the emotional energy and some things changed because of laws and practices and COVID and everything else that was make, going to make it even more expensive and even harder, like much harder. And we kept just doing the ping pong in our brains of should we, shouldn't we, should we, shouldn't we. And I remember having a conversation with my best friend if if she was like, what's the actual fear here? Like, what's the actual hesitation? And I was like, I'm truly afraid that I'm going to wake up when I'm like 70, 80 years old and be like, man, I really regret not pursuing, pursuing that. I regret not putting in the emotional energy then because I really wish I could reap the rewards of that, of making a different choice now. And she just pointed out like, life is just not like that. Life is just not like that. We will just, and this is one of the quotes that we put in our talk that I want to share with you. We are just committed to riding the highs and lows of the consequences of our decisions. And there will be highs and lows from every decision that we make, sometimes more than others. And we just are committed to then just riding that wave of life, of business, of finances, of family. There is no like, actual regrets that happen at the end of life. And I think there's a lot of pressure being put on people. You've heard it, right? You've heard all those like cheesy fake Facebook stories about like old people in their deathbeds saying these were the top 15 things that they regret not doing. It's bullshit. Like that just doesn't happen. mm -hmm. It just doesn't happen because you wouldn't have the life that you have right now if you hadn't made the decisions that you've already made, period. And if you want to change something, then make a different decision. But ultimately, it's just a decision and consequences because of that decision. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we just remind ourselves that like, we're still going to be here and existing and being able to just joyfully commit to being in the ins and outs of all the decisions and the consequences of the decisions that we make, that's all we can do ever. 
that's it. Yeah. And I think, you know, (laughs) if you've gone to a blockbuster recently and you started thinking about the metaverse and what your timeline (laughs) might look like and other other parallel versions of yourself, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, of course you could, regardless of if parallel universes exist or not, that's not the point I'm making. I think the set of decisions you've made up until this point defines who you are today. And you can make a different set of decisions from today that's going to set you on a totally different path. And you can think all day long about, well, if I had chosen this, then this is what my life would have potentially looked like. But you chose this. But you chose You're here. You're here. So what are you going to do with the information today? And I think instead of going so far back and reflecting so much, I want you to use the reflection as a learning opportunity to decide moving forward. Because yeah. you can't change the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, as much as we all would love to wave a magic wand and remove some trauma from our childhood, <laughs> we can't. Okay. And so what do you want to do instead today well, based I, on the information you have. I saw today. this cool TikTok. I should have saved it. I don't think that I did, but it talked about it was kind of about timelines and past, present, future. And we like to think of those like past, present, and future as like times and space and times in our life. But they actually like they just don't exist. Past are literally just stories. They're memories. There there aren't actual events. It is just the story of our own personal version of what that thing was and what it looked like and what it's it's also just your perception because every other's version is their their own own. yep and then we have future which literally doesn't exist again stories and it's hypotheticals and it's dreaming and it's maybe this right there's there is literally only right now there's not even 20 minutes ago that is still a story and so i think if we just try to like really figure out How can we set ourselves up to have a great future? Yes, let's be mindful. But like, what can we do today, right now to take action, to set ourselves up like literally 20 minutes from now? (laughs) Well, and I think a lot of what we're saying sounds really big. So to break it down and give you a really tangible action step here is let's reflect and take proper assessment of the past and figure out the learnings we want to have moving forward. And let's plan for the future that we want, but let's act in a way that's in alignment with the future that we want and is in alignment with how we want to get there because you can get there a whole bunch of different ways too. And if you want to take it slower, great. If you want to be more urgent about it and pour more money into it, great. If you want to use a team to get there, awesome. If you want to try this strategy, do it. If you want to try this strategy, fine. Like, But there's no right or wrong. And instead, we can continue to experiment. We can continue to move forward. And if you can be thinking about, because you know, I broke this down for a client recently, especially in the early stages when you are building the business and you don't yet have the team, I have to remind you that you're not just the CEO. You're not just the CEO who's planning 12 months, five years down the line. You also have to run the day-to-day operations of the business. You also likely have 10 other jobs that are not necessarily full-time. You're doing this little bit over here, this little bit over here, this little bit over here. And it can be really easy to get caught in the future self version 
and plan for it exclusively. But instead, if we can, you know, take inventory of that and then work on taking action, the action is what's going to move you forward. The action is what's going to give you learnings. The action is what's going to give you abilities to assess and continue to take these micro pivots because it's not about changing everything Mm -mm. ever. No. But if our strategies and goals and perceptions of those goals and how we feel about them and the timeline, if those didn't change because of what we were learning about ourselves, like then you're just not listening to yourself. Yeah. Pay attention. That's literally your job <laughs> to reassess yeah. because of how you're feeling and what you want. And that doesn't say anything bad about you or your business as you evolve. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership with thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.